Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone. It is the Red Men podcast. We are back once again. Football is gearing up every day. It eats closer and closer to a point where we'll be able to talk about things that Liverpool do on a football pitch. And it's going to be amazing. Um, this podcast will be amazing regardless, though. I am joined uh, by by the Red Men TV's own Mr. Tom Dutton. Hi, Tom. Hello, everyone. Um, this is decidedly earlier than we usually film. Mm. Uh, I'm like picking out the sleep out my eyes and I... I've got decaf coffee, which I was telling the lads is just the worst. You expect like a hit of energy and it's just a drink. It does nothing for you. <laughs> Tom, it's quarter past 11. I know. It's not like we're filming at 7 o'clock in the morning. I know. I, you know me in mornings, that's all I'm going to yeah. say. Absolutely. Tom is an afternoon guy. Uh, James, what type, James Sutton, what type of guy are you? Are you a morning, afternoon? Like, I don't think... I don't think I don't think anyone's a morning person, but my normal my normal filming day often starts at like half seven, quarter to eight in the morning. Like I'm in makeup for like quarter to eight, and I'm on set on camera at half eight. So you forty five minutes, James. Yeah, I mean, some people need a long time. I mean, I'll be I'll be honest, I don't need forty five minutes. You know, you're not acting in an X Men film, mate. You know what I mean? <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, I'm normally I'm normally pretty good by about nine half nine. I'm norm- I'm normally okay. This is my second cup of tea, and I've already had a cup of coffee, so I'm pretty perky. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, and my dad, Mr. John Machen, dad, I haven't seen you in ages. How no, you doing? This is true. <laughs> <laughs> I we are on the subject of people being morning people and not morning no, people. No. You're not a morning person, but. Your brother, or one of your brothers, is the is the archetypal morning person. He's a man who's got the Hoover running around at half six in the morning. He gets up at six every day. I used to stay in bed until he'd gone to school, so I didn't have to be anywhere near him. <laughs> <laughs> I was late for school every day because of that. <laughs> he's just obnoxious he still is of course <laughs> quality right okay the warm up question this week um, I don't know whether this is inspired by anything political in any way shape or form but uh, Liam Edward Phillips asks what is your worst away trip experience um, you've had um, I mean I'm not saying Dominic Cummins had a particularly bad time on his trip it sounds like he had a wonderful time also you know what I mean he could see where he was going apparently um, you know, we got to celebrate. I think it was his, was it his wife's, but it doesn't matter. Let's not get sucked into all that. Uh, we're going to do that on the Machin Pager podcast this week. Um, my worst away trip experience, like you'd think it would be, 
like one of the ones where I've travelled a mad distance and we've not won a game. So it could be, you think it'd be Kiev? It's not. Kiev still remains one of my best aways, even though we didn't win the Champions League. Basel, the same. My worst away is, is Newcastle and we got battered by them. I can't even remember the score. And I was it 3-0, we lost 2-0, 3-0, 4-0, whatever it was when Genie Van Alden scored. And I had the flu, but didn't realise I had the flu. I just thought I was really poorly and pushed through. And me and Chris drove and there'd been floods so all the roads, we, we kept coming down these country lanes and because we'd chosen to go the more interesting drive because we're morons. Um, and every time we drive down a country lane, we'd come to a body of water and be like, eh, well, okay. So we'd turn around and try and go around and find another country lane. So it took, it took us like four hours to get to Newcastle. We then had to climb up the highest stand in the history of football, which <laughs> is, I mean, apart from, I think that might be, barring maybe the Bernabeu, that's the furthest away you can get from the pitches and away supporter. And yeah, we got we got absolutely battered. We had to drive all the way home and then yeah, I was in bed for three days afterwards with the flu. So yeah, that pretty much that pretty much tops it. James Sutton, what is your worst away experience? Yes, yeah, it's, it's similar to you. Like I've I've been I've been you know I've been all over Europe um and we've and we've and we've lost. Um but there's something about a European game that I don't it, 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 it's the whole experience is kind of a lot of fun. I remember going to. I remember we played West Ham in. God, it was probably it was probably about 2010, 2011, I think. And again, we lost. But driving down there with my mate, um, his gearbox decided to just implode. So we lost. We lost first gear quite early on on the journey, <laughs> which is which is quite which is quite an important gear. Yeah. Um, and then we were approaching the M25, and for you, and this was this was when they had the old West Ham ground. And you remember that was a real ball ape to park. You had to park and walk miles up this long high street. Uh, we lost th- we lost second gear when we got to the M25, so we literally just had third, really, and fourth. Um, so we kind of crawled to find a car parking space. Oh, come in. Uh, and uh, yeah and just the whole thing was utterly miserable by the time we got there we were despondent and fed up and then I think we lost like one nil and I always hated going to West Ham anyway because they're just a bunch of knobheads and bubble flow (laughs) fucking so yeah just an awful experience yeah Um, Dad what about you worst away experience I haven't had too many bad experiences to be honest The, the worst was probably when I went to Fulham by coach when I was a kid, I must have been about 14 or 15. And my mate had um, stolen 200 senior service cigarettes, which are un- unfiltered, very strong <laughs> cigarettes. And we just smoked ourselves to death all the way down. <laughs> I remember um, it was the famous game that St. John got sent off for having a fight in the middle of the pitch. When Peter Thompson held the arms of the guy he was fighting while Sick Sean punched him in the face. <laughs> but yeah, sick as a dog because of the cigarettes. That's, that's about as bad as it got. And the amount of shit you give me for smoking at, at 17 as well. <laughs> and this is why, shit. mate. So <laughs> much worst away. Uh, unequivocally, it's got to be Napoli away. Um, it was a day trip. So we obviously we lost as well, but. So me and Ross go there, we fly, and we have we, we stop at a, at a at an airport. So the stress of getting across the airport, we ran across this airport to get there. 
finally get to Napoli, and then we're, we're, we're set about, we have a pint, and it's like, okay, stress is over, no, you got to go get a bus, and get ferried around for like an hour and a half, two hours or whatever, and then we, we, we finally get to the game, we lose the game, obviously, because he dives over Robertson's leg, um, and the noise is deafening, and I'm just thinking, oh my God, this is this is just horrible, but then that's not even the worst part, because then we've got to get back. We get a taxi to the airport and this fella's driving like a, like an utter madman just all over the road, undertaking police cars. And I'm like, what's going on? We finally get to the airport. The airport's shut. So we have to sit outside. I'm doing the post-match work, you know what I mean? So I'm sat outside this airport. We end up having to sleep on airport seats, waiting for this plane. We finally get the plane. Again, two stops. We get back. Me and Ross then walk from the airport to the office, walk in. I get the car and I'm driving home. And as I leave work, I get stopped by police and get done for not having um, not having valid tax or insurance. I can't remember, so I got points. Had to then, had to then go do a driving awareness course. So it just compounded. <laughs> it was one of the worst like three days of my life because you're there, no sleep at all for however many hours. It was. Oh, it you was win. Horrific. Yeah. You yeah. win. We can all agree. Can we all agree watching at home as well that Tom absolutely wins? That is the worst away trip. Um, Russell backed me up on that. We both had such a miserable time. Oh my god! <laughs> if you'd only all you needed really was some un- unfiltered cigarettes to ruin the rest of it, and you'd have been, you'd have been on the way. Um, right. Okay. Um, yes, everyone watching and listening at home. If you're watching on YouTube, do uh, drop a like on the video right now. It helps. Uh, so that's really good. And if you're listening on podcast apps, leave a five star review. Again, we want to climb up those podcasting charts because why? Because why not? Everyone likes to be on top. Um, right. We ask as. Uh, our guest to bring a topic of conversation um, to kick things off. I'm going to I'm going to start uh, this week, and I want to talk about the Premier League coronavirus testing. Um, so there's another round that's currently being undertaken, I believe, yesterday and today, Monday, Tuesday. Um, so far, there's been eight positive tests uh, returned out of a total of 1,744 conducted in the first two rounds, which equates to 0.45 percent of the test coming back positive. Uh, Bournemouth's Aaron Ramsdale was the latest player who's asymptomatic, who's, who's been tested positive, and it's been leaked. And I, I like what I quite... One of these funny things about this, uh, James, is they keep going. Uh, it, it gets announced. So this number of people have tested positive, and because of medical confidentiality, uh, it cannot be revealed <coughs> who those people are. And then you wait, like... 20 minutes and then the names get the names get lashed out and then i mean obviously the government are setting new levels of, of, of bullshit around this but then you have to wait for the reasonings so like uh aaron ramsdale was let's go i think i got it on a shopping trip um <laughs> you know like <laughs> but like all told look it should be said i mean that's a reduction it was six in the first round it was two in the set in, in the second it does feel like we're on an unstoppable sort of train now towards footy coming back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, if you look at if you look at the other countries that have you know that that they're, they're um, they call it the R, don't they, or the the infection level is, is um, you know that if, if you look at the other countries that are doing well, we are following in a in a similar vein. Um, the the problem the problem will be if if we get the Premier League back and then and then the level goes up. Even if it has nothing to do with football, even if, like you say, you know, someone's caught it on a shopping trip or, you know, in the park, uh, it, it, football's going to get blamed, and that's that for me. That's what the the, the, the FA and, and 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 you know the, the chief execs have to deal with is the is is to try and 
you've got to maintain football's good name. You know, if if you're gonna, if we we need football back, not just for a you know for a lift for everyone, but the amount of people who work in football, not just the players, but there's there's, there's so many staff who you know their lives are depending on this. Yeah. Um, so we have to we have to restart the Premier League. We have to get back, but the problem will arise if the level goes up. But fingers crossed that that doesn't happen. But it does it does seem to be there's been quite a few Brighton players, hasn't there? I believe over the is that yeah. Yeah, no, it anyone, was. I think. I think that was no. I, I don't know about that. I think that was I, actually. You know what? I don't want to comment without there's knowing a, the full. There's, there's a few Watford players, isn't it? Watford, was, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah Watford had some staff. Like, imagine one player in that team gets it, and it just ravages a whole team. So you're talking about Bournemouth and injuries this season. And he just got ravaged, and, and and he struggled so hard in in the, in the Premier League. You watched them. They basically didn't have a first eleven. It will be interesting to see. If, if people just get it, whether they're in asym- asymptomatic or not, and they're just like, you can't play, and then they lose five starters, what's going to happen then? I, I wonder whether that's why uh, like Bournemouth are going to be an interesting case to watch, Tom, because I've not thought of it that, from that perspective. But as a team, as you rightly say, who were ravaged by injuries this season, I you'd imagine they would be taking this very seriously because they are a much better outfit than they've shown this season. Eddie Howe's a better manager, but he's been hamstrung by a lack of quality available to him. And I wonder whether, because I was, what I'm kind of leading into a Liverpool chat, Jürgen Klopp is not messing about with this. And he's never as, if you remember the Athletic Club game, like he was bollocking people for reaching out and trying to uh, shake hands and touch hands with the players. I mean, maybe someone from Liverpool will come back positive at some point, but Premier League clubs, it, that should be the impetus and you'd imagine that conspiracy theories aside, that should be an impetus for all of them. Because if they're being told the game's coming back regardless, if you know if you're losing players because you've not quarantined effectively, then yeah, you know that's it's going to be on them. They're going to suffer on the pitch for it. Well, we, we were speaking to Vicky Jepson. We did we did an interview with her, and obviously she's part of that Liverpool collective. And she was saying for the past month they've they've sprayed the houses of every single player. So that's the Liverpool women, and obviously the men. They go around and spray the houses now to make sure that that it's fully disinfected and they're fine. So in terms of Liverpool, I think you're right. From the top down, they've just gone right. Everyone, your houses are getting sprayed. You need to take this serious because. Well, we're on a title challenge still, you know what I mean? We're still going for the for the top prize. I, I think the way they've dealt with it's really good, actually. The way they've just gone, right, everyone do this. And I, I, I'm i really proud of Liverpool, and I've said it on a, on a podcast a while ago, of how Liverpool have dealt with this in terms of covering it and showing it off um, and, and uh, acting on it as well. I think that the, the, with the... There's a vote this week, isn't there, on Wednesday, I believe, about whether they're, they're ready to return to full contact training. And that's where the real acid test of this is going to be, isn't it? Because obviously once the players start getting a bit more shoulder to shoulder, and then if you're losing players to, you know, testing positive, what then happens to the groups I, of people? I mean, I, I think once once the Germans restarted, I think it was, became inevitable that we would do that. Yeah. And I don't really, I think the only thing that will stop it now is what James was talking about, is the R rate. And if there's a second spike because of all these daft people going to the beach and stuff like that, which happened over the weekend, and if the Tories letting the you know um, easing things off probably a bit too soon, if there's a major spike in the community, then that might help halt it. Other than that, I think football's inevitably coming back yeah. anytime soon now. I think you're right. I think that's 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 where it's at, isn't it? If it, it very much feels. Like that, because of, and look, you know, again, at the risk of it being a bit too political, they're, they're on the path to reopening everything. They want everything reopened because that's who they are. So a big, major, multi-million pound industry 
it's not that they're going to want that to come back. You know what I mean? As you say, it's going to take exception, well, exceptional the, circumstances. They want the economy back up and running, basically. So <clears throat> they'll do everything they can to get that working as soon as possible. <clears throat> Football is part of that, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, do, you, do you think that if 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 the R8 does go up in the general population, do you reckon that'll have much of a burden on footballers and footballers? Well, well, it depends on what um, public opinion is. Yeah. You know, if there's a massive spike, I mean, the the second spike in the 1918 flu epidemic, that was what killed everyone. The first one was a few, you know a few tens of thousands. The second one was millions. Mm. You know, if the if the death rate goes through the roof, then there's no way anyone's going to think football is appropriate. Yeah, but they also they also are probably the most well protected people Absolutely. in our society right now. And they're, they're, they're the fittest as well. So they're, they're the fittest. They've got their own medical staff. They're being checked. You know, they're being tested twice a week. They're you know they they there's no there's no expense spared. There's no you know, there's, there's no stone unturned in, 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 in trying to resume the Premier League. Yeah. The problem might arise if, 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 if there is a second spike, like you say, and the death rate does go up, the media will immediately jump on football. I mean, it's, it's such an easy target, as we know. You know, yeah. that, and, that, and then that becomes a problem if on the front pages of all the newspapers is football returning at the same time that there's a, there's a spike. Suddenly, public opinion becomes, well, this is... The, this is, you know, it's 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 absurd, you know, and it's it's irresponsible of the Premier League. Well, actually, it's not because these guys are, you know, like I say, they couldn't be more sort of protected, assuming that they follow the protocol and assuming they do everything that they're told. That's that's the key to it, I think. You're, you're right, is that because the Aaron Ramsdale actually says the the Bournemouth keeper, he's like, uh, since I've been isolated, it is not ideal, but obviously the club have been great. Uh, they were saying if you need anything, we'll sort it out for you. Even dropping food off, and it made me think they should have just been doing that in the first place. I wonder if that, you know what I mean, like because. Uh, you need to minimise these things, and we saw it with the Bundesliga. You know, there was a co- there was a coach, and actually his name's completely gone out of my mind at the moment, but who went out broke broke lockdown and, and the team hotel to go and buy himself like a toothbrush. And you're like, you, and there's a great we actually did the Bundesliga roundup show for week one. And Chris Williams tells this story brilliantly, and he didn't have his room key in the end, so we had to like phone someone to get him back into the room, and all. it was a, one of those like stupid nightmare situations, but. You're right. I, the theory should remain the same. And again, it, you, the public opinion is the only thing. If and maybe, sorry, if it then knocks on to footballers' side of things, because we're already seeing and Golo Kante said he's not coming back to training, and Troy Deeney said he's not coming back to training at the moment. Anyway, I, I think football will. I, I even even if there's a spike, the public opinion thing might have a have a, a change in it, but it might be just it. Unless the footballers down tools. And demand to not play. I, I, I still, I, I can't see it being enough to stop. No, but, yeah, but it also, but it also, it's, it's also, it is their complete right to do that. That that has to be remembered. That that, that even even if we get to the stage where there's some really high-profile names that, that that teams rely, you know, Virgil Van Dijk, for example, massively important for us. We, yeah. you know, without him, there's a gaping hole. If he if he says no, I don't, I I'm, I'm not comfortable playing. You you have to respect that. The, yeah. There can be there can be absolutely no argument. It's the same with the same with 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 my guys um, going back to work at Hollyoaks. We've had we've had chats and we've had phone calls with the producers and stuff. And there is there is a really open forum for if you don't feel safe, if you feel like you're at risk, if you then 
absolutely don't like it's 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 absolutely cool can i ask james how does that how would that work just just as an aside on in tv sense because in football it works because you just put another center half in i mean i, I mean in a light art it says that this is just going to be james sutton's face on a stick you know what i mean you know what I mean? Or you, are you being cgi'd into hollyoaks again for some reason or using old footage i mean at the moment, just... I mean, they, there's 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 so many contingency plans in place. There's literally levels of contingency. So, if everybody, so if we if we resume filming soon and everybody's available, that's the script and that's the storyline and that's the characters that we'll use. If that if that doesn't happen, then we drop down to this and then we drop. So there's there's, I mean, the script writers and the producers and the mm. execs. I mean. I, Hats off to them because this is, I mean, this is this is a, li- a literal nightmare for, yeah. for, for storytelling on screen because you've got these plans in place that are, you know, spanned out for, they, they're 12 months ahead in terms of their storylines and their scripts and stuff. And then you say, right, well, for three months, we're not going to be filming. Oh, and by the way, when we come back, it's going to be completely different <laughs> and you might not have some of your cast. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you, you get around that, but they when they, you come they, back, you're going to have COVID 19. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But that's the other thing, as well, is that, um, not to, to take it away from football, um, I don't think any of the soaps are mentioning um, COVID 19. I don't think any of the shows are actually referencing it because you kind of can't do that. You kind of can't from the archers. It has to, <laughs> but it has to just be kind of business as usual. Otherwise, you're changing your whole, your whole story arc for 12 yeah. months. Yeah. Good point, isn't it? Well, that's that's real life, isn't it? Um, yeah, I'd, um, yeah, I mean, that's just a, just an interesting aside. I thought that was quite fascinating. But you're right. I mean, I, I get people's take on this because it's been it's been said in the latest round of government advice on the on the restart that if if the second phase goes ahead, the return to contact trading, then footballers should be al- are allowed to basically opt out, and it says they should be allowed to do so without prejudice. But I, I ask ask your opinions on this, uh, and obviously. I think most of these will, fit, will feel the same way, but feel free, feel free to take a different stance. Don't feel I'm railroading anyone into this. If you found out that a Liverpool player, like Mohamed Salah or whatever, pick any Liverpool player. It can be anyone from a, from a small to, to, to a big superstar decides not to play. Would it change? Your, would, you, would, it get, would you have an opinion on them? I feel like no, a lot of people... Well... I feel like a lot of people have feel like they down tools on you, to be honest with you, because yeah, a lot of people will be like, well, I'd play. And it's like, I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that black and white. I, I think it's really tough. I mean, I mean you'd have, you just have to say, well, if they play and they're, you know, they get infected, then, you know, more people are going to get infected. If, if yeah. you're not happy, then stay away. Yeah. I'd, I mean, I'd be more concerned about if, if, if your team's getting relegated, how many suddenly go down with uh, coronavirus? Yeah, yeah. And what did the FA or Premier League do then? Well, well hopefully the, at least the Texans independence. But yeah, sorry, go on, carry on. What if the whole team just decides, to say Watford, for example, everyone decides to back the captain Troy Deeney and goes, well, he's not playing, and we don't want to play without him. And then what happens if Watford just declare, no, we're not gonna, we're not gonna play as a team? That'd be really interesting to see. I don't think it'll happen, but I, I think if enough th- players kind of, I think it's worth. I think the thing that's been telling on all this is the vast majority of players, the vast overwhelming majority of players, just want to play footy. They're just lads. They've built their whole lives towards this. You know, they're playing at the pinnacle of sport. You know, they just want to get out back, back to back to kicking a ball around again. Really, don't they, James? Well, we 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 we're, we're all itching to go back to work. 
all of us, you know, in all walks of life, you know, we're, we're, we're <laughs> you know, but like, but like proper, you know, you, you, I'm yeah. sure you're itching to get back in the studio and, and do, you know, the proper content and get yeah. out, you know, there's, there's, there's a huge proportion of Redman TV and Anfield rap work that's completely changed. And we can't, you know, you just simply can't do. We're all itching to go back to work and footballers are no different. They, they want to get back, you know, on the pitch. They want to be getting their match bonuses. They want to be getting their goal bonuses, their clean sheet bonuses. Let's not forget, this is a business and everyone's taken a financial hit. doesn't matter what sector you work in. Yeah. And let's not forget, James, that, that you know, football careers are finite. Yeah. You know, right. these are not guys you have, you know, this is not like, I mean, we do, I mean, it's this happens in all industries, particularly, you know, creative industries and, and, and what have you. But, you know, they've got, you only have so many seasons. You've got a shelf life. If you're, yeah. if you're, you know, imagine, imagine you're a 33 year old player right now. You might have, you know, in the Premier League, I can't think of one offhand. James, James Milner, for example. Although I think he's, he's probably got a couple of couple of seasons left in him. But you know, someone. David like Silver's a good example. Yeah, David right, Silver exactly. who's leaving City. Probably only, probably, you know, might only have a season of, of sort of top flight football left in them. And all, and all of a sudden, you're being told, well, you might, you know, you, you know, you can't go to work. That must be infuriating. You'd do anything you could to get back. So I don't. So I, I do appre- I appreciate what you're saying about you know perhaps you know a whole team you know like, like Watford saying oh we don't want to play but I just can't see it because people are desperate to go back to work I know I am as long yeah, as it, as long as it's safe to do so and as long as you know well, especially if you work it's something as nice as playing football yeah. yeah exactly who wouldn't want that who yeah. wouldn't want that. It's going to end up. I mean, I think there's a, there's a there's a balance. I think the vast majority of footballers do want to come back. You've got a couple of obvious exceptions, and they're being highlighted because it's a talking point. You know, you see Danny Rose has been quite vocal about it. Troy Dean has been quite vocal about it. And you know, look again, people are entitled to opinions. And Golo can't say because he's not a big character. I don't think enough. Of, I don't think that's been a big a big story. But I'm sure within Chelsea fans, I've seen a few Chelsea fans reacting negatively. I think the vast majority of game would support because you support your best players. But it's interesting that I, I wonder where this falls under like the um which players you protect and which players you don't like i mean liverpool we've got perfect track records of those kind of things where you throw behind louis suarez because he's louis suarez but maybe we don't jump to the defense of a john flanagan in the same way because mm. you know it, it doesn't mm. matter to, to, to people whether it'd be interesting to see if liverpool do end up in that situation i don't i don't think they will but we, we never know. We'll get, it's something we'll have to cross when we get there, I guess. Um, okay, let's move on then. Um, Dad, you wanted to talk about uh, when a manager should start a rebuild. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I was thinking about. I mean, obviously there was the Istanbul uh, anniversary yesterday, and um, we all knew that Rafa took a team that was absolutely, you know, rubbish. Basically, took it to a final and won. Um, but very quickly started to rebuild that team. Um, similar happened with Kenny. He, it, they, we won the double with a team which was, you know, not really very good at all. And he started to rebuild straight away after that. And they were both new managers, so you would expect them to start changing. But it's it's interesting for me. What do you do? You start to rebuild when you're on top when you've got great players and like if we were to sign Timo Werner mm-hmm. you know that would be a great addition to the squad but is he going to have a starting place is that the start of the change of the team or is he just being kept waiting for the next change is that going to come further down the line I mean yeah. and Shankly famously failed to, to change his squad early enough and it took a really bad defeat at Watford 
for him to suddenly realise that Tommy Lawrence maybe wasn't the goalkeeper he used to be, and you know there were players who needed to be moved on. Uh, it, it's an interesting dilemma for me, and it, it, I think now that we are really at the pinnacle, that it is Klopp already thinking about the next lot. I think it's a, I think it's fascinating. It's something I did a video on um, recently, Tom, about you building from a position of strength. And Timo Werner is a great example. Listen, I do the one with uh, Calvin Koulibaly is that. I don't, which I don't think Liverpool will buy, by the way. But if you Liverpool are the best right now, it's whether there's another year in us being the best. Is it is it Preston or not? Are you right? Do you Liverpool have historically sold their best players and then frantically scrambled around to replace them? Now we don't necessarily need to do that, but also can we do that? Because as the point is there, you can buy Timo Werner in, but is is are there enough games to satisfy? a top-quality player in this side, um, can they get it? Let's use Naby Keita as an example, and maybe it's his own body that's let him down a bit, but you know, you spend £50 million on Naby Keita and he's never played more than like a, a 10 games back-to-back. It, it is an interesting dilemma. It is, yeah. I mean, the way that Liverpool play at the moment is amazing in terms of everyone knows where everyone needs to be. In ter- when the fullbacks go up, the, the midfielders slot straight in and whenever you see the pressing, you, everyone knows exactly where they're going to go. So I think it's interesting if you were to bring Timo Werner in and then, let's say, change to a 4-2-3-1 um, with, it, with him at the, at, the, at the striker position of that, do you then... you you, you you're theoretically jeopardising some of Liverpool's best years to kind of elongate the, the 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 best, if that makes sense. So we 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 could lose games because we're trying to enact this system when we could just kind of stick with it. But then I think John's right. At the end of that, then what what do you do? Do you you you're then stuck? You see it so many times where you, a player comes in off the cold. We saw it in the Champions League final where a player comes in off the cold and, and, and it just doesn't work because they're not ready. And I mean, that we, the whole thing. If, if you look at someone like Torres, who was absolutely brilliant, suddenly he wasn't. Mm, how, yeah. do you legislate, well, how do you legislate for, say, Mo suddenly losing his form? Yeah. You know, if you've got, you know, um, Divock Origi as his replacement or Shakiri. Then your squat, you know, your team is is going down a notch. So, you know, you've got to think about those things, haven't you? So yeah, the last dance documentary, and you see it with that. That that's the the issue you face. Is do you do you push every ounce out of your team that you've got? And keep that team together. But then, I mean, this is kind of what Man City are faced with this season, sort of, where, you know, Aguero's still still just about at the peak of his powers, and obviously De Bruyne, but like Silva's on the way down, Fernandinho on the way down. And they've obviously just got rid of company, etc. We had this, I mean, Dad, Liverpool had this in, in, in 1990 as well, didn't he? You know, the last league title we won was very much the last hurrah for that team. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, I mean, that was the post-Hillsborough team, wasn't it? And uh, I think they, that, they'd shot their bolt. Uh, they needed to move on. And, and, and it's crucial, you know, um, how you change your side. And if you leave it too late... You know, you, you're going to start struggling to get enough people in to to build up a new team, or it's certainly going to take a while to bed them in. I mean, look at Liverpool in the you know the '60s; they they went from '66 through to you know the early '70s without winning anything. Yeah. Um, and maybe if Shankly had changed things a little bit earlier, we'd have been you know winning things earlier too. It's the making of a it's the making of a great manager, isn't it? A man who can recycle teams. I mean, Ferguson was fantastic, Harry. He's yeah. the I, I haven't watched football for for as long as all you have, but he's the one who sticks out for me in terms of being able to take teams and and and, and gradually just evolve evolve into something. Yeah, bigger. You, you've got to if if you're bringing in a new player every year who's going to get into the team, maybe you know in the after a while, you know, like. Um, if you bring in a player, it takes under Klopp. It takes three or four months minimum before they really get into the team. And you know, you can that's sort of a, a permanent rebuilding, if you like. It's sort yeah. of gradual, but eventually, you know, so those, some of those players we've got now coming to the end of their twenties, they're probably going to hit, you know, thirties um, round about the same time. You know, it would be daft to wait until they're all 32 before you start thinking about changing. Yeah. And, and it's worth remembering, one of the points I made on my on the video on my channel the other week was, you've got so many talented young lads there as well who are just on the periphery. that you, There's a degree to which, yeah, you do need to top up. The, the, the world-class talent needs to be periodically replaced. If you're lucky, you can't bank on your young players becoming that because it's so very hard to become that. But what they should be able to do, the bare minimum, is save you a ton of money by 
filling your side out and filling your squad out. You know, look, if you can get a tune out of, we've already got a tune out of Trent to the tune of him being the best right back in the world. If you can get, if you can get Curtis Jones to be a a squad member, if Nico Williams can be a squad member, if Harvey Elliott can be a squad member, then you've probably saved yourself about 150 odd million. You know, just just in that, which means that all of a sudden, you know, people 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 laugh about the Mbappe thing, but this is what Barcelona do. They just go out every every two or three years and buy an amazing footballer who's the best in the world and keeps the keeps the, keeps the system going. That's the aim, certainly. Um, we've never we've never we've never had it in 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 my generation, in our generation. We've this is this is all completely new to us. It's always felt like you know under Rafa, it's you know under Rafa, under Kenny, um, it's under Brendan. It's always felt to me like. We're, we're building towards winning the league, and that's that's the goal is winning the league. And the few times that we've come really close to that, we've then immediately fallen off the precipice and had to completely rebuild. Yeah. Whereas for the first time in our natural lives, I'm 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 only talking to the the, the younger members of this podcast. <laughs> Apologies for that, but um, we, we, we we've got an opportunity now to build a proper dynasty, Allah. Ferguson of, of of the 90s and the noughties and and if, if we if, if we drop the ball now I will be it will be it will be criminally disappointing for everyone yeah. if we don't build on this you know even I'm talking post Klopp so and it, so if, if you look at it the kind of wider context it's it's some teams aren't afforded this opportunity like if you're if, if you're a West Ham fan or a, you know there's I mean a Newcastle you're constantly building towards either not getting relegated or winning a trophy but to actually but to, to, to rebuild to such an extent that you're constantly redeveloping like what you're saying with bringing in the youngsters adding to that a couple of world-class players every season or every other season before you know it you, you're constantly evolving and with any luck the trophies and the titles should keep yeah. coming the key to all of this is the league title yeah. because every time Liverpool have had to rebuild, I was talking to David Thompson on Monday and like he, his ear is interesting because he comes through in the crop with like Gerard and Carragher. But by the time he's establishing himself, the senior players are Fowler and McManaman who've not won what a league cup, you know, McManaman won the FA Cup in 92, but they came in under the tutelage of Rush and Barnes and Mulby, who'd won everything you could you could win in that Liverpool side. You know, you need to have that. That's what, And that's what Ferguson did. He just had this chain where you had these old guys who knew how to, who knew how to do it, and then your young guys then learned from them. They did it. They became the old guys. You knew, your young guys learned from them, and it's a perpetual winning machine. Yeah. Um, we should, no we difference. shouldn't forget, forget we've got owners as well now who are really supportive. Yeah. I mean, Rafa was trading one player for another yeah, to try yeah. and improve the squad. I mean, yeah. Klopp doesn't have that problem. Yeah. You know, we can go out and buy the players we need. In fact, they, they actually figure out it in, well in advance, don't they? And they want to, and they want to come and play system. for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you can already see it with Henderson and Fabinho. I mean, it's kind of Henderson's only twenty nine, but Fabinho's twenty six. But like, it's it's a literally a changing of the guard. Henderson was there. 
now he's not Fabinho. Maybe Henderson came back and kind of took that space back. But Fabinho was the best defensive midfielder in the world at one point. You're just watching him put in performance after performance, mm-hmm. and and that is that that is it. It's 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 having that basis. Maybe only a few years apart, but it is. It's growing that team and and being consistent. And those lads are you know let's let's look at it this way. Fabinho and Naby Keita brought in effectively to replace Jordan Henderson and Gini Wijnaldum. And what's happened? Henderson and Wijnaldum have just gotten better. And they've gone, Haha, no, you know, maybe there'll come a point where I can't do it anymore. But if you want to oust those lads, you're going to have to be amongst the best players in the world. And that's, the, again, that's the perpetual cycle of hunger and winning that Liverpool haven't had in the in the Premier League era at all. Now, really interesting stuff. Please give us your thoughts on it in the comments section underneath. Or tweet at the Redmen TV as well. Um, James, you want to talk about footy behind closed doors? Um, I've been watching the Bundesliga stuff. Um, I think it's I, there's some. I think there's some clever ideas. I think there's some stupid ideas. I think there's a whole <laughs> host of things. What have you got for us? Well, let's let's just let's just let's just throw some ideas around, man. Basically, yeah. so we 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 all watched the Bundesliga, and on the one side, we were all absolutely thrilled to be watching competitive you know, proper football of a really good standard comeback. You know, the Dortmund team, you got, you know, there's, there's big names in there across the board, really. But it, I think it left a lot of people feeling pretty flat. Um, you know, certainly, you know, I watched 45 minutes of it and I sat with my wife and she was saying, like, this is crap. <laughs> like, this is really crap. So instead sort of thinking about, you know, ways that you could make for the for the viewer, because obviously when football comes back, it's going to be behind closed doors. No one's going to be in the stadium. So then your your kind of remit, if you're the uh, you know uh, if, if you're in charge of Sky Sports or BT Sports or whoever, is trying to make it more accessible and interesting and worth watching for your fans. So I was just wondering what you you know what 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 ideas you lads had to kind of make make it make it a better watching experience for us really. So. The, the, I think the first example, because I, I haven't watched the first two weekends of the Bundesliga, Borussia Mönchengladbach's decision to have the cardboard cut out to the fans in the stands <laughs> sounds mad, but it it looked... I don't, want, I don't want to hasten to say it looked good, but it looked... <laughs> It looked okay. Like it looked, it was a bit funny. It was, you know, it was a bit when you when you've got that behind looking at the goal kind of angle and there's just faces in the crowd because you don't look at the faces of the fans. You know, you realise this when you're playing footy games on the on the PlayStation or whatever. It's like the animate, they've got some really good 3D animated people now in, in stands, but you don't you rarely pay attention to it. It's just noise, isn't it? It's just it's just background. You filter it out, but you can't filter out empty seats. And when you've got empty seats, it makes you naturally think it's unimportant. This is why we have such little respect for Manchester City. I mean, some, uh, of, the, some I, of them have some of them have covered up this, the the uh, seats, haven't they? With yeah, with whole sheets like they do with building sites, you know. Yeah, and you can paint anything you like on them. I just I think that I think the the big the important thing is, and it's 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 what's missing in the Bundesliga, is that they're not our teams. There's no yeah. competition for us. If we're playing City then that's going to be an exciting game to watch whether yeah. it's behind closed doors or not. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the thing for me is like you hope that the Premier League football kind of speak for itself and that kind of thing. But it's got me thinking there, especially Anfield, it would be nice to just have like the flags waving for the whole time in the cop. And I don't think that would be too hard to do. I mean, not, not even people just get machines that wave them. There must be 
flag waver machines. The Japanese well, Tom, there, mustn't they? Yeah, yeah. Tom, Tom, look, you know, Kevin McAllister managed to convince two crooks who were at the windows of his house that his house that was full of people having a party. You yeah. know what I mean? Exactly. So I, I think, I think socially distanced people on the cop operating a series of pulleys and levers to manoeuvre, you know, cardboard cutouts move <laughs> yeah. up and down, make the flags move, you could animate the cop, I think relatively straightforward, where's the, the Jim Henson they should, they workshop? Should, they should just run from wherever the ball's going to be or they should just run to that part of the pitch so that the <laughs> camera will pick up the ground How does, um, how does everybody feel about music being played in the stadiums? I was thinking it's about so, this. Because it's something that's been, that's been I've heard, seen a few people on, on, on Twitter talking about uh, over the Bundesliga weekend, would be like, maybe you could have like different playlists from different players. So if you're going to, so no, no, bear with me. So yeah, Sky have always had their red button and I know BT do a thing where like you could, you know, you can choose your camera angles and stuff. And I think like football coming back in this country is a real opportunity to make like a really interactive version of football. So maybe there's like playlists. You, so you could play like Andy Robbo's favorite tunes whilst watching it. Maybe there's, you know, you could listen to Shakiri's music in the second half. So you could have like, you could have fan uh, um, um, player cams. You could have music. I'm just thinking outside the box of ways because the, listening to a ball being booted around in an empty stadium and is is I mean, not the one. James, really. you've just gone from to atmosphere, basically an atmosphere track of what's happening in the to to play music and totally glossed over playing like crowd noise. You've gone to like party classics, <laughs> yeah. playing like disco hits in the in the stands. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I I I mean I mean look, I the mean, simple they're, they're answer is about pumping pumping crowd yeah. noises in, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, the crowd is just fine. I don't know whether you do that in the ground or not, because I know the Bundesliga, um, have, they're not doing it in the ground, but they're doing it by the broadcast. So the, the German German television, they ha- you had the option in Germany whether you could have it with the crowd track or not. The American, I, I believe a lot of the American broadcasts just received the feed with the with the crowd noise and it's dynamic as well so it's literally it's being produced it's not like just someone pressing play on a youtube video they found with 90 minutes of atmosphere it's dynamic to how the action's going and how the home team's attacking and, and there's so was there any was there, was there any reviews on what that was like did you see the germans don't I don't think the Germans like it from my from again from from getting speaking to the experts on the Bundesliga roundup um they because because they're so <laughs> He did include up on on the role of the fans. They don't like the idea of so, <laughs> hello Sasha um, of someone replacing um, of someone replacing what the fans do, which is why uh, Munch and Gladbach had an empty. Their ultra section was actually left empty without the cutouts and that kind you of know, stuff. I, I've got a really good idea. Let's just do it on the radio. Who, who's going to know any different? Yeah, it'd that's be, a good point. It'd be exactly the same. You won't even yeah. know there's no crowd there. Well, yeah, as long yeah. as you don't have John Aldridge on all of them, because he just has my heart in, you know, tatters. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was thinking though, if you're going to do dynamic crowd noise, could you just bring in, could you just bring in an orchestra and like when they're playing it round in the middle of the park, it's just yes. really low. And then when you get to the goal, it's like the violins are going, all the drums are yes. going. That'd be amazing. Like the Jaws music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Who's that famous? Who's that famous composer who does all the all the massive movies? So like John uh, Williams, uh, or, yes. Zimmer, or, or Danny yeah. Elfman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Williams. That's it. That's it. 
Do you have a full orchestra? Perfect. That'd be amazing. Means the Tottenham would be able to still use Duel of Fates from the Phantom Menace, which is a bit weird. Like, but yeah, no, I, 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 okay, yeah, I think the Jaws music, I definitely get behind that. Yeah, yeah, it's dramatic. Whenever, yeah, whenever someone's chasing someone down, someone's room yeah. with the ball, yeah, and yeah. Fabinho's chasing you down. The Benny Hill, the Benny Hill thing. When <laughs> <laughs> Shakiri's got it. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever if, if Joel Matic's gone on a mad run and suddenly finds himself on the edge of their box. Oh, you'd have that Keystone Cops one where yeah. Salah's running down with everyone chasing him. Oh, <laughs> See, oh, this yeah. is what I'm talking about. Thinking yeah. outside the box, lads. I think this might be it. On, on, on a serious note, I mean, I, I think Liverpool, whatever they do, I hope they do something. And I think Liverpool have progressed enough as a football club that they're brave enough to try stuff. Because there's a big thing with Liverpool is that we we hate everything naturally, I think. You know, I, I, if you told us that... Uh, oh, my God. Father Christmas was here for a second. Um if um if you like if you if you if Liverpool just decide to do something that's you know it's gonna have to be careful, but you've got spying cop there, you know, 1902. And I I would just say to them, what do you want to do? What yeah. do you think we should do? Because the thing is, all the flags and banners all live in the cop anyway. You know, like they don't bring them the game. They're kept in storage at Anfield. So all the flags and banners are already at Anfield. And whether you're like like a mosaic up the cop of every flag and banner. That's, you know, there's, there's maybe something to do that. I like the cardboard cutout thing. I, I wouldn't mind. If you told me for 20 quid or 50 quid or whatever it is, Liverpool are going to donate money to, like, the LFC Foundation or, hey, it's going to actually, you know, help to cover the shortfall in something, I, I would have no problem. If they're going to refund me my season tickets, I don't mind keeping letting them have 50 quid of it to have my faces cut out on the, on the, on the cop or something. Yeah, agreed. Okay, I think we've I think we've nailed that, gents. Um, uh, lastly, then, Tom, um, you want to know why Gerard's not rated as highly as he should be? Yeah, this is off. The this because you spent too much time on the internet, Tom. Well, exactly. It, it's it's mainly Twitter, but you know, it, it it's off the back of uh, the West Ham final was on the other day, the FA Cup final. Uh, obviously, Istanbul uh, the the day yesterday. Um, but it seems like I don't know if it's just banter, and maybe it is, and maybe I'm just looking into it too much. But I don't think people rate Gerard as highly as they should do, and it's all because of a slip. And and it's always because like. It, it, it's the slip and it's the it's the talk before it, the game before. But he's like, we don't let it slip, and he slips. It's it's ridiculous. But I think the way that a lot of people on Twitter, a lot of younger people on Twitter, just disregard him as some player who's who's not even that good. I, I saw one the other day, Yaya Torre or Steven Gerrard. Now Yaya Torre is unbelievable, one of the best players I've ever watched in my life. He he doesn't compare to Gerrard. He doesn't. He just doesn't do that. And then they all cite. Or Premier Leagues, as if that's a thing. But Gerard basically gripped everyone and won us the Champions League. He's won us FA Cups. He's he's got us as close as he can get to winning a Premier League as well. All the top teams as well. That's all worth remembering about Gerard is that like Man United would have been all over Gerard if they thought it was possible. Chelsea wanted Gerard. Real Madrid wanted Gerard. He was the yeah. best midfielder in the world in in around 2005 onwards. He was he was he, he excelled. He went to that next level. I don't know if you've all seen this. So uh, the ex footy player and, and boxer Curtis Woodhouse has been going big on Twitter, nailing ex Man United players and stuff. And he's kicked off all kinds of fuss. But he made a point about Ryan Giggs, and I, I think Ryan Giggs is the best left winger that you know pretty much at the Premier League scene because you can't argue against his his, his um. 
the trophies he's won, you can't argue against his longevity. And he played in that Man United side, which was the best side in the Premier League for all that time. So one of the best players ever to play in the league. But he pointed out, he, he very rarely averaged, he averaged the five goals a season and very rarely got more than double figures assists in a season. So all of a sudden, like the, the silverware thing, I think is, is used to defend poor quality players or lesser quality players. Um, sometimes, and, and you're right, I think it boils down to banter. I don't think you're ever going to get an argument from any of us that Gerrard wasn't the best midfielder probably in the Premier League. But while he doesn't have, I mean, like Jason's example, when he doesn't have that Premier League, it's something we're always going to have it, end up having an argument over. Yeah, it, it it honestly frustrates me because you 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 watch some of the performances. I mean, people have put compilations of of just singular games. I think there was a Newcastle one. Obviously, there's the Real Madrid one where he just decimates these teams, absolutely decimates them. And and I think it is because people have just forgotten. People have just don't. Be, it's been so long since he's played a game at his peak. I mean, you can watch him in in the six. He was fantastic, but that wasn't his peak. It's when he was running beyond. It was when he was getting fed the ball from Xabi Alonso, that kind of thing, where he was able to show his skills up further up the field and get goals and and, and assists there. But it's baffling to me. I I just don't understand. I I, I think I appreciate him more since he retired. And when I see him on clips these days... I, I, I don't think while he was playing, I realised how brilliant he was at passing the football. Yeah. Some of the the the, the range and yeah. and the the different kinds of passing with the outside of his boots and you know just absolutely brilliant stuff. You didn't really notice it in the game. You just knew he made a good pass. Yeah. You know, I think he probably is still underrated. Do we think, uh, James, that he's he's probably rated more highly on the continent than he is in England because of the banter factor, because of the England factor, maybe? And because, you know, it, look, this is a kid who won the UEFA Cup in 2001. He single-handedly almost mm. won the, you know, the European Cup for us in 2005. He's the captain in 2007. He's probably got a, he's probably got a better reputation for people who don't have an imbe- hatred for Liverpool. I think it's I think it's almost a I think it's almost a perfect storm. I think you've got. You've got the, the 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 sort of banter from from you know football accounts on social media, and look you know let's 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 not mess around. Liverpool are the most talked about, written about football club over the last five ten years. We are one of we are the most famous, most popular club in the world. Arguably, right now you've got Barcelona up there, but in terms of English clubs, we're ahead of Manchester United. So in in terms of being written about and spoken about, everyone everyone wants a piece of that. So. You've got that, but you've also got the fact that, yeah, you've got the slip and Gerard never won the league. It's almost a perfect storm of all these elements coming together that leads people to... to, to, to and, I think, and I think if you scratch the surface, I think a lot of it is banter because you'd have to, you'd have to be a special kind of dickhead to not, re- not recognise that Stephen Gerrard was probably in the top three players in the world for a number of seasons. Yeah, but you've yeah. got to be a special kind of knobhead to not recognise that. Um, I mean, I've I've read some nonsense in the past. I mean, people are bored at the moment, and they want you know they want to they want to be edgy and they want to say stuff. But some of the shouts, like you say, Yaya Torre. I mean, the Paul Scholes comparison keeps keeps cropping up as well. And I'm like, Manchester United players didn't even put don't even put Paul Scholes in their favourite eleven. So to say that he's better than Gerrard is just an absolute nonsense. But, I think I think there's a problem with being English as well. Yeah. You know, I don't think English players get the recognition they deserve. No, you know, in, no. in, 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 in the awards, for instance, you yeah. know, 
in something like the Ballon d'Or, you know, Gerard never came really close. Yeah. You know, that's true. And isn't you, it? you know, Torres had Torres had one good season and came third in a season where Gerard was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, no, this is an odd one, and it'll always exist, I think. And I think the problem is, is the banter. Yeah. After a while, it, when banter lives long enough, it becomes accepted as truth by people who are too young to recognise when it when it became banter. <laughs> so you've probably got a bunch of people who will who don't really know footy and didn't experience it firsthand. It's like it's like you accept that certain players were amazing. Like I, there's, there's I know that Kenny Dalglish was amazing. But I never got to see live Kenny Dog, amazing Kenny Dagnish because I was too young. But I just accept it because of it does osmosis. I've learned I've learned that as fact. And but you can do that wrongly as well. You can learn wrong facts. You can be an indoctrinated to thinking stupid things. I mean, again, let's just look let's look at you know politics at the at, at the moment. Let's you know and and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I you know anyone who thinks Gerard wasn't wasn't absolutely world class is just an, an absolute idiot. And I think we can all agree on that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Special kind, a special kind of dickhead. I think you summed it up nicely there, James. Um, right, okay. Um, just um, one question then from the audience. We're going to be doing the subscriber Q&A over on redmentv.com, um, which is a continuation of this podcast answering your questions, one of which comes from Aaron Hudson, who says, given that no one can be there when the league is won, what are your at-home celebration plans? Has anyone thought this far ahead? It's really no. hard, this. Like, I, is it? Is it? Is it... Is it bad that I just want to have a pint and smile? You know what I mean? Because, <laughs> no, that's fine. because there's, I, I don't want to. I don't want to have a massive party because it depends what lockdowns like at that point. But if it's like it is now, I don't want to go to the park and celebrate because then you'll just get filmed and get labelled as dickheads by the whole rest of the country and and everyone go, oh, see, that's what's happening. But I do. I I don't want to go on a Zoom call. I don't want to do that. I feel like just going. Ah, Having a it, car, not a pint. It involved alcohol, that's about as much as I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. 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 I, I, it was funny because when we won the Champions League, obviously last season, we got back in the early hours, uh, didn't we, Dad? And then I'd come into work and I had I bought, some, I bought some bottles of champagne and stuff for the office and I just put a picture of me swigging off a bottle of champagne because I didn't really get time to properly let it soak in and sink in and all that kind of stuff. Like, But yeah, that's probably what I'll do as, as I'll, I'll probably... I'll probably shake a bottle of champagne over my head or something just to get the full get the full experience. But yeah, throw yourself I, in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, in the paddling pool, Dad. I'll be in the paddling pool with a cigar and a bottle of champagne. I think that's probably me. Uh, probably about as good as it's getting. Same Proper James. Scarface. Yeah. Proper Scarface. It's sat with you. Oh. <laughs> I always oh, yeah. Yeah, um, that, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't really thought about. It. I guess. I guess. Like, yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't know. We don't know what the lockdown situation will be, but but that's the most important thing is that we have we have to we have to abide by by the rules and and not embarrass you know ourselves or or the the wider kind of football community because all eyes are going to be on Liverpool. All eyes are going to be on Liverpool, and if anyone goes to anyone goes and congregates outside Anfield, but like that you like I will. So I will scream, yeah, absolutely scream, because it's been, you know, it's been, it, 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 it's been talked about and spoken about and written about and commented on by people who, you know, some of them have absolutely no right um, to, to, to certainly to label football fans or Liverpool fans as someone as people that might, you know, break lockdown rules. So just don't give them any any ammunition at all. Yeah. Stay yeah. home, get drunk, <laughs> sing some songs, get on social media, and you know, yeah. 
do that. Yeah. I think there will I'm be some gonna... quite creative stuff. No, I think it, even yeah. if people will jump on GTA and recreate the Liverpool bus going down the road, people will do that and people yeah. like <laughs> go on games and recreate stuff or make images. And I, th- I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the club deal with it, to be honest, as well. Okay, how so they to... celebrate with people. So you're suggesting a, f- a party on Fortnite, Tom? Okay, cool. There you go. Cool with that list. I'll, yeah. I'll, go, I'll go and stand on Queen's Drive on my own. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just waving at all the like the buses yeah. go past the Arivas. Just like yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna drive. Well, I'm, gonna drive I'm gonna drive to Manchester and just uh, just play Liverpool songs with the windows down and just drive round and round and round all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in fact, that's a point. Let's not congregate at Anfield. Let's congregate at Old Trafford instead. Um, yeah, no, don't please don't. don't. <laughs> uh, right, okay, we're going to wrap that up there for the main podcast. We are going to continue this over on the RedmenTV.com. It is the subscriber exclusive Q and A show, uh, including questions such as: If you could change the TV series that failed or disappointed with either the last episode or last season, what would it be and how would you change it? Favorite dinosaurs. Um, recasting the sitcom of our choice within the current LFC squad. Um, and yeah, I've never, I, yeah, and a whole host of other things. They're all in- interesting, odd, weird, and occasionally tangentially related to Liverpool and football. So go to the redmentv.com and sign up, and we'll see it over there. Uh, there's also some great content. I interviewed David Thompson this week, former Liverpool midfielder, uh, Jimmy Torre a few weeks ago, which was absolutely fantastic. Jose Enrique, there's loads of interviews now uh, from Liverpool stars, past and present, all building up there in a wonderful little archive. You can go and get involved. Again, go to the redmentv.com and sign up. Yeah, and Sasha the cat will join us as well. So if you need more happiness in your life, then look, the cat will join us. It will be fine. (laughs) See you all soon. Ta-da.